Hi, everybody, and welcome to the episode of the podcast where we talk about the thing that we just did. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Previously called Kids on Bikes on Kids on Bikes, but we're going to have to change that name. So let's just start off with... We could call this the Indoor Bike Club. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Okay. So welcome, everybody, to the Indoor Bike Club, then. (laughs) Yay! Hey! To explain to everyone what we're talking about here, we are rebranding the podcast. Yes. So to make sure that we could do merchandise and everything and not step on any IP or anything uh, from Renegade Game Studios, we are changing the name of our podcast from Kids on Bikes podcast to Bike Brigade. A Kids on Bikes actual play podcast will be the subtitle of it. But uh, yeah, we're changing our name to Bike Brigade. We'll have all that up for the start of our third arc. We'll have that change done, but we're going to be going through and getting everything changed up. So keep an eye out for that. We'll obviously be keeping y'all updated with that as well. And our patrons actually already knew about this for our May Patreon content. That was one of the things we went ahead and let them know about that. So you could be aware of fun information like that a little bit early, too, if you became a patron. Heyo. Hashtag shameless plug. (laughs) You can also be aware of... The other really cool thing that we have now, right? Uh, the merchandise? Yeah! Yeah! So we've got some merch. We have some shirts and various designs, and we'll be keeping putting stuff up. Let's get to the meat of the Indoor Bike Club. The Fuzzy Arc. Yes. We're, we're done with it now. How do you all feel about it? <sighs> He's coming back, right? There's no yeah. way that we got him back into the hub. <laughs> We didn't destroy the system that created him, so yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining in the future it's going to be like a all-star villain cavalcade where it's like the buzzing man and the witch and the Boston Strangler and for whatever reason the gargoyles from Myth Takes are going to show up <laughs> and like we're going to have to verse them all. Well, I can definitely say there will not be gargoyles. Okay, you're right. That'd be too far-fetched. But who knows what'll happen in the future? I do. I know what'll happen. <laughs> Rude. Rude. Rude and uncalled for. Let's jump into some questions. So first up, this is a Quemstrum well, uh-huh. sent to us by Jordan Reed. Yeah. Oh, okay. boy. That makes sense. Yes. And he asks, friends, longtime listener, first time emailer. Question for everybody. What's been the most rewarding part about improvising and collaborating with everybody that has surprised you? Have you learned something new about yourself or your character? Through improvising and and interacting with different characters, different other kids in the show, you guys, I learned a lot about Mary and myself, what she and I like and what she and I don't like and how similar we are. I talked about this in the last last Q&A and I talk about it all the time because it still baffles my mind baffles my mind boggles my mind whatever that like it was only through these kind of interactions that i realized how similar i was to mary in a lot of ways but the most rewarding thing has definitely been the friendship with meg getting resolved and rekindled and stuff for me at least i've learned that i like playing characters who are not very smart (laughs) in every other game i've played i've crafted an elaborate backstory and had a character who really should be one of the smarter ones in the group and then when we're actually playing they're like aaron's character what should we do and aaron's character probably would know the answer but aaron's like 
And so I have to rely on somebody else to tell me what my character would do. So it's really refreshing playing a character who isn't expected to be smart. (laughs) I can just play her and have fun with her and not have to stress about it in any way. And I really, I've really enjoyed getting to know Officer Ross, who I did not think at the beginning of this game I was going to like at all. And now he's my favorite character on the show. I love him very much. And if anything bad ever happens to him, I will cut a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Fair enough. I friendship them like really, really hard. If you'll excuse me real quick, I just need to change up some notes. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're the bitch I'll cut. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Fourth art. <laughs> that is an inside t-shirt. <laughs> yes. 100%. Only for like six months or so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have really enjoyed improvising scenes with each of you. Like, I think... I have really loved the way that your characters have developed and being able to just like play with those characters in the space has been really fun. And as a GM, I really love watching you guys interact with each other and like just play off of each other. I think it's so great. That's one of my absolute favorite things of the show. I can't remember the last time I interacted with one of you. It's been a few sessions. I know. Yeah, I know. isn't that weird? <laughs> it's like, very, it very weird. Yeah, really long time. it was you before me. And yeah, yeah this was... This was definitely a like a weird arc where there was a lot of separation <laughs> and a lot of people doing things individually. And I don't anticipate there being like a whole lot of that in the story going forward of like narratively intending people to have that separation. But yeah. we'll but see. I, I think that it. I think it really worked for this arc, though, because I think it was really interesting to see how each character dealt with the buzzing man and to some extent the void and like sort of it was it was sort of an interesting sort of like, you know, separating people to see sort of what they do on their own. I know that's not the point of like a group role play sort of situation, but like it was really interesting to me to see how Meg handled being in the void differently than how Mary did. That was kind of cool. Especially since when we recorded Me in the Void, I had still not heard you in the void at all. Right. So I really did come into it all blind. We were isolated. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah, you dicks didn't tell me anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so a little bit of a, a peek behind the veil on that one is that there was one of our episodes where if you go back and listen, you won't hear Diana in it at all. She wasn't able to join us for that recording. So I kind of did a quick rewrite and put her in uh in the the void i thought it worked really well though yeah i agree yeah i'm actually like really happy with how it turned out it ended up being a happy accident i want to see what's it called when they make when people do drawings that are like animations animatic animatic yeah of meg and the buzzing man just like circling each other other. (laughs) i mean i I had thought because we had a like we had an extra week break between recordings. So I had come up with several other things that I was going to do with, <laughs> with the buzzing man, and you cut me off, and I was like, "Oh, I'm kind of sad now." <laughs> I was really hoping for a Harpo mirror, uh, yeah, like totally. a mirror reference. Oh man! <laughs> yeah. At one point, I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna start singing Sound of Music and see what he does." <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm gonna do. 
This is my coping mechanism. Amazing. Yeah, actually, that a little bit answers one of the questions that we got from Doug Lewandowski, one of the creators of Kids on Bikes. Hi, yes. Doug. Hi, Hi Doug. Doug. He asks, how much of splitting the party was intentional and how much was a happy accident? Uh, happy. And then to what extent were the decisions about who got taken to the fuzzy dependent on chance first made to happen? So first of all, I love calling it the fuzzy instead of the void. That sounds that sounds so much nicer. Uh, feel, it feels like a very different energy. <laughs> like if Sesame Street had to act out. <laughs> if this they made arc. their parody of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I want to see yep. it. Me to Oscar the Grouch as the buzzing man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally. Just wants everybody out of his fuzzy. <laughs> so how much of splitting the party was intentional? How much was a happy accident? So it was mostly happy accidents. Like I didn't plan on Garrett spending that much time at Lincoln Integrated Systems. I didn't plan <laughs> on the applying for a job there. <laughs> Oh, but I love it. Best. I cussing yeah, love it. Best things in the whole thing. Yeah, it seriously is. And like legit, maybe rewrote some stuff for future arcs to. Yeah, that's good because I have a fake ID now. To play with that because I think there's like a lot that we can do with that. And if I don't get to fun. use it more, I'm oh yeah, no. sad. That's that's totally going to come a thing. Yeah, I definitely knew I wanted to have one of you in the fuzzy. So like when Mary stayed back to clean, uh, I kind of saw a good opportunity and took it. So I knew like it was intentional that I wanted one person at least in the void. But there were definitely a lot of chances for other people to be taken in. And y'all got some good roles on things is what I'll say. (laughs) And then our cousin across the pond, Jimmy Sprinkles, the GM of uh, Brits on Bike. There's another Kids on Bikes actual play podcast that if you aren't listening to it, you should fix that because it is very good. It's only getting better. Each episode is like, mm-hmm. like, like slap the side of my head. It's getting better with each episode. It's it's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's real good. And I kind of made an appearance on their uh, on episode ten. You did. You don't hear my voice at all because I, that wasn't used. Jimmy reached out and asked me to play what a dog jumping on a piano to play "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" would sound like. <laughs> so I well? put that together and sent it to him. <laughs> More specifically, an adorable little corgi. An adorable a corgi British jumping accent. on a like on a, a like nineteen seventies organ. Yeah, to play it. That was really fun to to write like intentional mistakes in <laughs> the playing of a song. Uh, but anyway, go listen to, to Brits on Bikes. They're fantastic. Jimmy has questions for each of us. Ooh. So let's start off with David. Oh, hi. David, what sort of adversary would you like to see the kids go up against next? Hmm. <laughs> So we kind of already have a preview, but I'm just going to think of an adversary in general. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in Boston. We're right near the Atlantic Ocean and the Cape. Something water related would be real fun. Yeah. Mm. Or something ocean related. Because there's all sorts of weird monsters floating out of the Atlantic somewhere. I think that could be Absolutely. really interesting. True. Yeah, I think there's a lot that can be done. Evil mermaids. Evil mermaids. Ooh, 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 ooh. I love it. He's I furiously it. scribbling notes. I can see it. 
<laughs> All right, Aaron, I'm really excited uh, for this question. <laughs> what do you think is, or what would you like to be in Officer Ross's basement? Okay, so I have multiple pieces to my answer. And yes, I I'm have had this so typed out for, for quite some time. So... <laughs> Originally, when we were recording that, my first thought was, he's got a hostage down there. And I don't know why I thought that, because it doesn't make any sense at all. But, like, the immediate place my brain went was, somebody's tied up in that basement and I need to rescue them. And that's why Kat tried to go down to the basement and was not allowed to, because (laughs) Daniel's mean. (laughs) Correct. As for what I actually think is down there, it's probably just, like, a woodworking shop and he's, like... I don't know, whittling ducks or something. (gasps) But what I actually want to be in the basement, I had this whole thing planned out where if the basement had had windows, Daniel, (laughs) I had this whole thing where Officer Ross had found a stray dog who was pregnant and she had given birth to puppies on Christmas Eve. And what he was going downstairs to do was to check on her because she was laboring, but he decided to leave her alone because he had just checked on her. I had this whole thing planned out and then Dan wouldn't give us any windows in the basement. So there are no puppies and it's all his fault. (laughs) Look out for special edition of the Christmas episode coming soon with additional CGI puppies. Where we all play Christmas puppies. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Let yeah. let's be puppies. Let's be puppies. I would absolutely play that. I would. Pl- yeah. <laughs> I will definitely take full responsibility for there being no puppies. Now it is all my fault. I did read fine. one special fan theory earlier. I did too. Tell me. Which is that namesake <laughs> witch Eve. Yeah. Also of Brits on bikes posted is Officer Ross a werewolf? <laughs> is that his cage like Oz from yeah the like Oz <laughs> exactly and boy howdy was, I'd be into I that I love it I'd be into that it would add an element that uh, a previously unencountered element sure <laughs> the moonlighting arc uh, moonlighting would be yeah. <gasps> oh. Oh. that's where we all get jobs and have awkward romances that's within right. the workplace <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's exactly what it is. Isn't that pretty much already <laughs> fair? Garrett? Fair. Pretty Garrett's much. No, but this time Garrett's the boss. Are romancing Garrett? I'm trying to romance Mary regular style, <laughs> but I'm 15 years old and don't know what I'm doing. Hey, it's it's time to try it not regular style. What's this now? I told Paulette that I brought more volunteers. Oh. Once again, Kat gets left behind. Oh, she has no, cop school. Nobody wants to tell you. <laughs> this is going to turn hey, into everybody works at Lincoln to go to a System, <laughs> except for Kat, who goes to cop school. Dan and I will just record separately. <laughs> I'll, I, I can bring you an application. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I don't think Kat wants to work at Lincoln Integrated Systems. She's busy with field hockey practice and cop school yeah. and not doing chemistry homework. We could we could find a cool job for a cat at Lincoln Integrated Systems. There was a lot of smashing in, in that there finale. I feel like Cat would be a really she would good, be button, a good smasher. button smasher. Meg could show Just you how saying. to smash the buttons. I mean, honestly, Mary's <laughs> yep. probably going to I don't know that Mary would work at Lincoln Integrated Systems when there's Mike's bikes to help run, but Randall's got a pretty good reason to work there though. It's true. Very true. Kate, Garrett showed some real smarts over this arc. 
how well do you think you personally as Kate could handle infiltrating a large company? So I, I, I'm actually more close to Garrett as a character than I think I originally intended <laughs> to be. So I'm reasonably confident that I could fast talk my way in based on exactly how much luck and charm rolls I succeeded. <laughs> But when it comes to talking and sounding like I know what I'm talking about, I'm really good at it. That's fair. fair. I like it. Plus, I feel like infiltrating a large company in 1966 versus 2019 is two different balls of wax. But, I mean, you you also have to weigh the fact that, like, 1960s uh, teenage boy versus uh, 2019 30-year-old yeah. white woman. <laughs> It's true. The the playing field maybe not actually that different. <laughs> the patriarchy makes it really really hard to sneak into a large corporation. It ruins everything. They probably Dang have more it. locked doors. But in fairness, I'm pretty damn cute. I was gonna say you're Kate. To piggyback a little bit off of the beginning of your answer, that Garrett is a lot more like you than you originally intended. Diana, present. How much of you is in the character of Meg? I, I would say about fifty percent. I. I am very good in an emergency. I'm very cool under pressure. I do like justice, uh, but I am not clumsy and I am definitely more charming than Meg. (laughs) Fair, fair. So the good half. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I, I had to give her trait that are are not my typical problem. <laughs> <laughs> you had to nerf you. A little, little bit. <laughs> nerf Diana to make Meg. James. Yes. If you could create the perfect boyfriend for Mary, what would he be like? I think he'd have to be smart and patient. Very patient. I think he'd need to be on what Mary would consider sort of a, a fast track to some sort of success, perhaps some sort of student government position or like uh, the head of some sort of uh, club or, or department or something like that, or like a maybe like an entrepreneur thing. But see, then the, other, the thing is that it could go the complete other way and she could just fall in love with like a bass player, you know, a musician that's going nowhere on the fast track to nothing. A bass player. No. She would, she'd fall for the drummer. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, she, I feel like she would either... She's like a no-middle slider sort of situation where it's like, either mm-hmm. she's going to be like, she wants to date the class president, or like, buzz with the wizard van. <laughs> I like it. And if, bo- and if we, could, we could arrange both, that would be super. You want buzz <laughs> with the wizard van to be the class president? Yeah, like, tra- like sort of a Travis Birkenstock sort of situation, but like, like a cleaner haircut. Mm, Travis Birkenstock. Yeah, for real. Yeah, for real. So uh, the answer for the official answer TLDR is meh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a good answer. It's a good answer. I mean, there there are factions out there that are hashtag Team Merit. So yeah, just if just you're saying. Team Merit, please tweet to us at kids underscore bikes with the hashtag Team Merit. How you want to spell Merit is up to you. Jimmy asked me if I were to play kids on bikes, what trope would I be and why? Um, So I did actually get to play uh, a session of kids on bikes last Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, you did. I was uh, asked to take part in a live stream of a game where I was playing an overprotective parent, and that was a ton of fun. Uh, So I think I would like to play something like an overprotective parent or I mean, conspiracy theorist seems like it's such a fun trope to play. It is. 
the the funny sidekick would be a lot of fun because as I've discovered in another actual play podcast that I do, like we're trying to be serious with it, and I am so bad at staying serious. Like I can't not make a joke if I see an opportunity to make a stupid joke. Yep. And I feel so you. like funny sidekick I think would be real fun with that. Yeah. So I would. Oh, you know what? The reclusive eccentric. I think that yep. one might be the most fun because I love playing like crazy dramatic or like no no middle sliders type characters when i play and a reclusive reclusive eccentric would be no middle sliders for sure so so you want to make leon gadea a pc that's, uh, that's exactly saying. my thoughts yes yeah. yes i do <laughs> okay noted <laughs> i was also thinking if you wanted to go nelson months then uh mary would probably be interested in dating your reclusive eccentric <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, so that's all the listener questions that we have. And uh, we'd like to announce a giveaway. So we have a set of dice that we're going to give away to someone. They're from Kraken Dice. And so the giveaway that we'd like to do would be uh, if you send us a screenshot of a review that you leave us on iTunes, we will put your name in for a drawing to win a set of dice from Kraken Dice. So just tweet to us and we will um, put your name in for a drawing and then we will do that drawing and announce who won. And we'll be doing this throughout the whole month of July. So you've got July 1st through July 31st to get that to us. If you've already left us a review on iTunes, just get a screenshot of it and send it to us, and we will make sure that your name gets entered as well. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's all that uh, all the questions that we had and everything. Anything anyone wants to talk about or ask about? I'd like to uh, ask a question. Yeah. Are we just not going to see how the dance went? I mean, we, we might okay. see how the dance went. Okay. I mean, I would hope no. so, considering that, you know, tomorrow in Game Universe, we're supposed to see how Cop School Day 1 goes. Yeah. So if yeah. we bypass the dance as well, that would make me sad. And we... Like, if we're going to see Wednesday, it makes sense that we would also see Friday. Yeah. The next arc is going to pick up basically right at the end of this one. And surely Kat and Dylan are not the only people at this school slash the only people in this group planning on going to the dance. No, I mean, no, definitely not. Meg and, and Walter, I would assume, are probably going to go. And Meg has a 16th birthday coming up in two weeks. Oh, that's Dang. true. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right, good. No time jumps. <laughs> no time jumps on this one. <laughs> Cool. How about this? Did you always know what Alice and Eve, what, what their deal was? Or did you realize where you could pop them back in? Like how long? Because we went and, and, and looked at their houses and they weren't there. Mm-hmm. Was that always the plan? So it wasn't the plan for, I'd say, the first two, three episodes of the arc. And then... I, like you said, I kind of realized, oh, here's how I can work them in, mm-hmm. and so I, I did that. God, I lo- that was that was one of my favorite reveals of the of the arc, mm-hmm. and I was not expecting it. I was like, wait a minute, it was very cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, it's just two different, two other people named Alice and Eve, unrelated. <laughs> how about oh no because we're not gonna do time jumps all right i guess i guess i'm i'm sorry i guess we'll we'll see i was gonna ask how people sort of like an epilogue for people after this arc but i guess that's just gonna be arc three mm-hmm. awesome awesome all right well anything else we'll go ahead and end this episode of the indoor bike club and we will see you guys next time bye bye, bye. bye. <laughs> kids on bike stars james anderson david hannah Diana Lorraine, Kate Harlow, Aaron King, and Daniel Spencer. 
Follow Renegade Studios at Play Renegade on Twitter for more information about the game. Check us out at kidsonbikescast.com and our Patreon at patreon.com slash kidsonbikescast to see how to get access to secret bike lock episodes and first dibs on our merchandise. Thank you for listening to Kids on Bikes.